The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, Veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. In this corner, the leafiest of good boys. You left him behind as a child, and now you feel bad about it. Don't lie. Give it up for Bulbasaur. Next up, it has a flaming tail, and that's all you cared about at age eight. Game Freak's favorite Pokemon. Let's hear it for Charmander. And finally, here's the turtle that dishes out the hurdles. Gary's mod of choice because you always pick Charmander. Give it up for the Squirtle. Let's get ready to contemplate their existence. So this is normally how these arguments go. Normally, you get someone on a microphone who's going to tell you which Pokemon is better than the other, which one is stronger, which one is faster, which one is better off to have as a friend, which is better off to have in a fight. Everyone does this, and honestly, I wanted to throw our own thoughts into this. At PokeScience, one of my goals when helping to create this whole organization was just to try and help people learn about the differences of nature and animals. But one of the things I never really liked was that we always just picked these sides about which starter was better and which one was not. This argument has raged on longer than some of you listeners have been born. Back in the old days, back in the 90s, if you didn't pick the right starter... You got shunned. There were camps. There were Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander camps. The Bulbasaur one was a little sad, and we'll get into more of that later. Now, you can go through the decks piece by piece, compare the stats of each Pokemon, compare their dex entries, and see just where they fit in and out of combat. Or, you could pick purely based off your own blind nostalgia and debate it and belittle and insult anybody who has a different opinion. I'm going with the first one against my better judgment. Now, in order for the starter discussion to go the way I want it to, we are going to be doing this in a series of categories. So there are four categories that I'm going to label between one and five, five being the highest, one being the lowest, and how these Pokemon rank in each category. These four categories are battle potential. How good are these Pokemon at getting you through the gyms and trainers of Kanto? Care and maintenance. How hard is it to feed slash care for this Pokemon? Pretty straightforward. Child friendliness. Could a new trainer, a 10-year-old or otherwise, handle this Pokemon as it grows up? And number four, utility. What can it do outside from violence? What can it do outside of combat that can make your lives or the lives around you easier or more profitable? Now, before we begin, I will say this one time and one time only. All starters are valid. If you are dissing someone or making fun of someone for not loving yours, it's really weird Please don't do that. That is wrong. It's a game. Everyone gets their favorite. That's the whole point of the starters. Uh, To start things off, let's start with number one. Let's go with Bulbasaur. It is honestly one of the most iconic Pokemon. All of these three are some of the most iconic Pokemon. And I think it's the most iconic, unlike the others, just because it's so cute. It's undebatably the cutest of all the starters to me. If you think otherwise, again... It's your own thing, but to top it all off, its final evolution becomes a hulking mass of vines and pain. In terms of battle potential, 
The little bulb gets you clear through the first sets of gym, no problem. You could slap Brock so hard he opens his eyes while doing practically nothing. You could close your eyes and just click the A button and you'll just vine whip everything he throws at you. The game does get harder with the gym leader start carrying your weaknesses, but by then you have a ton of Pokemon to take care of that problem. Now there is something to be said about care and maintenance here that will be different from the other starters. When you're dealing with a Bulbasaur, Ivasaur, or Venusaur, you're not dealing with one organism, you're dealing with two. You have to deal with the bulb on its back and the Pokemon itself. Now the good news is, thanks to the bulb t absorbing sunlight and giving your Bulbasaur energy, you really don't need to feed it. In the Pokedex entry, it even states you don't really need to feed this Pokemon that much because it gets most of its energy from the sun. So it has the lowest food cost of all the Pokemon. Harsher weather, though, does become much more of a hindrance. The Bulbasaur line is super tame and doesn't like to fight, but they want sunlight, and lots of it. Harsher weather does become more of a hindrance. This Pokemon mainly feeds off sunlight, so if you are trying to go to areas that are too cold or too hot, you're, you're pretty much carrying a potted plant around you at all times, so you kind of have to make sure that wherever you're going, you have to have the right environment for it, or just keep it in the Pokeball the whole time, which does seem a bit restrictive. In terms of child friendliness, the Bulbasaur line is quite tame, and it doesn't look for a fight. They just want sunlight, lots of it, and a place to sit down. Venusaur can even calm emotions of people and Pokemon when it's happy. This is a great tool. Imagine the stress of traveling alone and having a Pokemon that just helps you calm down. That's something you'll see a lot of in the grass starters is some of them actually will help you out in the emotional sense. Uh, it is important to know uh, <laughs> when it rains, according to the decks, the smell attracts Pokemon. So for a kid that's just learning how to tra train Pokemon and learning how to be a little bit of a better trainer, that could be really, really bad if all of a sudden you wake up and there's just scissors and pincers glaring at you. Uh, of course, there are things to worry about outside of combat, and that's where utility comes in. Uh, utility, so someone brought up that if you go and watch certain Pokemon episodes, you will see that Venusaurs can control the plants around them and make plants grow. The Pokedex entry does not mention this, and I have to go with the one source I know that is the most consistent. The Pokemon anime literally has Ash carrying things that are way heavier than they should be. So the idea makes sense that it could potentially influence plant growth with things like Frenzy Plant, but I haven't seen anything in the decks that says it will grow a forest around it to feed you. What we do know is that it has access to vines, and that those vines are able to help grab things and move things around. Razor Leaf is great for cutting. It's actually the best of all of them for cutting something down. The other ones just aren't cut for it as well without some sort of downside. Unlike the other grass types, though, Bulbasaur really doesn't produce any fruit or juices to help you feed on. So its utility really boils down to how creative you can get with your brain and how you can make sure that this Pokemon can kind of fit your needs. So... As a final roundup of the points, for battle potential, I have scored Venusaur a 4 out of 5 because it can get you through those gyms really, really well, but there is that downside at the very end where you just kind of have to fit in the gap. So it's not perfect, but it gets the job done. Care and maintenance. Uh, it is a living plant, so you have to watch where you step, you have to watch where you go, but you don't have to cost as much in food. Still, that limitation of being able to travel in certain areas with an out, that's going to be a 3 out of 5 for me. Child friendliness, 4 out of 5. 
Again, this Pokemon does not look for a fight. It looks for a nice place to sit and relax. As long as you are aware of the weather, you should be fine. Again, if it didn't attract wild Pokemon to you while it was raining, it would be a 5 out of 5. Utility, I debated between 2 and 3 out of 5, but considering that there's the potential that it can help grow stuff, I'm going to give that a 3 out of 5. And you'll see why I give that a lower one as we move forward. As far as this Pokemon goes, it is a nice, chill Pokemon to get. Would recommend for anyone who wants to relax. Next up, Charmander. If Pokemon was real, I bet you that if you were the guy who picked fire types as starters, they would put you on some kind of list. You just gave a rookie trainer a living flamethrower and expected him not to burn down someone's property. Aside from that, Charmander is an adorable bundle of fire and soot. But for the beginning of your journey, he kind of takes a back seat while you get through the gyms. Don't get me wrong, he cuts through those trainers at the beginning like butter. But it's only super effective against one of the Kanto gyms. Again, outside of combat, all those bug trainers and youngsters, they get cooked. Uh, they don't even hold a candle to this thing, and that's before it evolves. Once that happens, it pretty much wipes out any of the random Pokemon trainers you come across. So it does really good outside of the gym battles, but in the gyms, not so great. For Pokemon Care, this Pokemon prefers areas that are hotter and drier. Its tail is a sign of its health, so you can always tell if it's in need of care and attention. Uh, it can't get its tail wet. Huge problem if you're traveling, where you literally have to work on trying to keep it dry, especially since the Kanto region is based in the literal Kanto region of Japan, which has the rainy season. The rainy season is called Suyu here, and the rainy season can last for about a month. So imagine not being able to take out your Charizard without fear of it dying for a whole month. That can be a real downer, and that can be a really bad thing to deal with when you're working with Pokemon. Outside of the three Pokemon... This Pokemon scores the least in child-friendliness. Charmeleon literally waves its tail, causing the temps to get incredibly dangerous. Quick question, where is that tail typically pointed when you're battling? You. It's also so aggressive that it'll attack anything it deems a challenge. This thing is far too alpha. A veteran trainer who picks up a Charmander and raises it would be no problem. They would have the training techniques, they would have the experience of working with them, but giving this thing to a new trainer, regardless of age, is like giving a lion cub for a child to raise instead of a kitty. Sure, it's cute now, and it plays a little rough, but it's fine. But as it gets bigger, it's not going to want to listen to you, because this thing is built for combat. It is not built to be your friend. Utility is its best feature. You can never get cold, ever. With a Charizard around, you will never get cold. These things are nice and toasty. And once you get a Charizard, you can fly. That's already perfect. Not only do you get flight, like the ability just fun, but now all travel costs have been cut down. Food costs have been cut down. Increased visits to mom place for dinner is really going to help with that. It's an air taxi that doubles as a super aggressive bodyguard. So, for battle potential, 4 out of 5. It can melt through the little trainers, but it does not do well against the gym. Care and maintenance, 3 out of 5. Keep in mind, this Pokemon still needs to be in dry or hotter climates, and being able to go out into the rain is really helpful. Being with Charmander or any of its evolutions ain't that great. Child friendliness, 1 out of 5. If I could score it lower, I would. 
Utility, five out of five. Because being able to fly just cuts so much cost out of your daily life. Believe me, it's one of the best things you could think of having. Finally, we have Squirtle. My brother was the blue to my red. I always picked the fire types, so he always picked the water types. It was humiliating, and I do have my bias against water types because of that. But I'm putting that aside for science. Squirtle is the defensive build in terms of combat. It doesn't pick fights, but if it gets into one, it can defend itself better than the other two. Everyone in the Squirtle line has that shell, and the deck entry shows how useful it is, from being a shield, helping them swim faster, and eventually becoming home to two cannons of death and destruction. With the gyms, Squirtle can cut through Brock like it's nothing, but from there, the battle goes from neutral to stacked against your turtle friend, until you reach the last two gyms, in which case then it kind of battles out. So first thing to know about Care is that this Pokemon is stated to be a predator in its deck history. It specifically says it likes to hunt prey in the water. I'm sure that there is Pokemon food it would enjoy, but the fact that it enjoys hunting is good to know, since you're going to have to give it some kind of enrichment, something to do for fun. You might want to invest in a little RC boat and have it chased after like a berry tied to it. Uh, luckily, it is a turtle, so being on land for long periods of time won't bother it too much. This Pokemon unlike other water types, Magikarp, is going to be perfectly fine staying on land for extended periods. The problem comes when it gets to Blastroids. Blastroids is going to be this larger Pokemon, and unlike the others, it specifically focuses on gaining weight. A Charizard has to be a certain weight to fly. A Venusaur gets most of its energy from the sun. Blastroids, you gotta chunk him up. You gotta get him extra thick in order to make him perfectly capable of being the big bad boy turtle he is. Now, as far as child friendliness goes, nothing in the deck says that Squirtle is hostile towards its trainers or anything else. This Pokemon should get along with just about anybody who picks it up and treats it nicely. War Turtles, they live a really long time, so they probably have patience dealing with first-time trainers trying to find his or her way. So if, even if you have a War Turtle that doesn't evolve for a while, this thing is probably really patient. Even Blastoise, with his cannon, is only quote-unquote brutal when it's fights. There is nothing about it picking random fights, unlike some Pokemon I already mentioned. As far as utility goes, it learns surf and swimming around the islands is awesome. Water types mean that you will have a constant sort of hydration, providing you do not question what water it is they're spitting out. You will have a water supply. Uh, if you don't want to be a Pokemon master... You can always join the Navy or open up a fire brigade with this Pokemon. Uh, the kid who picked Charmander probably caused a ton of damage in the region, so they probably created an entire fire brigade in order to take care of all the mitigating fire-type disasters. So, battle potential, 4 out of 5. Again, this thing can cut through some Pokemon and not others, but again, it's not perfect. If None of these are going to be 5 out of 5 unless you had a really easy gym battle. Uh, Karen Maintenance? Four out of five. This Pokemon does really well in care and maintenance because while it still needs lots of food to feed on, everything else about it is smooth sailing. Child friendliness. It's super defensive, so it's not going to go picking fights. It's not going to try and fight you every turn. It's just going to try and keep itself and you safe. But it's still not perfect because it is still a giant turtle with cannons on its back. Utility. Four out of five. Basically, the ability to create water would be near perfect, but it's not flight. So I can't give it the 5 out of 5. So to really wrap it all up, to really put it all together, um, if you want a Pokemon 
who's just going to chill out with you through life. Not really require too much except for maybe a sunny day. Bulbasaur is your best bet. It doesn't have an obvious skill outside of combat that isn't plant-related, but it can provide you that fresh plant smell, so as long as you don't get rained on, you're usually pretty good. In-game, like if you lived in the games, Charizard is for edgelords. Charizard is this monster for people who only want to use Pokemon for combat. These are the people who live out their lives fighting, who do not see a life outside of being a Pokemon trainer or a Pokemon master. These are people who really just want combat throughout their entire life. The second Charmander evolves, it goes full-on berserk, and it will fight just about anything. The flying thing is cool, but imagine if while you're flying around with this thing, your Charizard spots another Charizard flying by or something else it deems as something stronger than it. It will drop you like a rock to fight it. I don't think it's going to take the time to be like, oh, okay, let me drop down my trainer and then go kick its butt. That's not how this thing works. So Charizard is strong, but it's too dangerous, in my opinion, for a first-time trainer. Squirtle is the best for anyone looking to explore and fight only when they choose to. This Pokemon will follow most of your orders. The whole line is built on defense, and their temper only goes off when attacked. If you want to sail around, and you know that you are riding a mini battleship while doing it, this turtle works really, really well for you. All the Kanto starters have their quirks. I think that there is no such thing as a best Pokemon. And throughout this podcast, I'm going to be popping in and out and doing these time and again. I'm going to try and reach every group of starters I can because I think it's a lot of fun to kind of go at this list, not from a fighting potential, not from a look who's cuter potential, but just from a what would this be like to have a living organism that you just picked up at age 10 and how would that affect your life? It's kind of like getting a dog. Depending on the dog you got, it's going to affect your life a lot. If you got a really lazy little dog, then you're not going to do much walking. If you got a husky, I hope you like running and cold climates. All right, guys, that wraps up this Lucas lecture. I hope you guys had a fantastic time listening. I love making stuff like this. If you want to help us out, uh, please go ahead and either fill out with our Patreon or if you want to go buy a shirt in our shirt store. If you want to share us and help out the algorithm, send us a review on one of your podcasting sites. All that stuff does wonders for us. We've been going at this strong for, oh man, it's been like three years now. Jesus, it's been so, we've been at this a long time now. We couldn't have done it without you guys. So, thank you very much. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you next time. Peace.